1: On this episode of the Multiamory Podcast, we're talking about consciously choosing to be single. We've all heard of serial monogamy, and those of us in polyamorous relationships may keep ourselves polysaturated due to a fear of being alone. But what about the people who want to stay single and who are happiest when they are single? Can staying single be just as emotionally valuable as being in a relationship? We are going to talk about that and much more on this episode today.
0: Woo. Yeah. <laughs> and all of you out there may be wondering, okay, this is a relationship podcast. Why are you doing an episode on being single? I thought these um, people
1: talked about being in like a million relationships. Exactly.
0: I know. Right? <laughs> like not just one relationship, but a ton of relationships. Right. Um, So yeah, I mean, we talk about how to maintain healthy relationships on this show, but we also felt that it was important to point out that being single is a really valid option as well. Um, We know of some really healthy, happy people who choose to stay single for most of their lives or choose to stay single for a long period of time. And we just wanted to point out that that is also a really valuable option to do in one's life. And speak
1: about that today. Yeah, I think it's also worth mentioning that um, I think part of the the challenge I guess with um, being single is sort of the social stigma that goes with it or the idea that our sort of worth as a person gets tied up in whether we're in certain types of relationships you know certain types of serious romantic relationships and that if we're not we're expected to be sad about it or we're it's like oh what's what's wrong with you or oh there yeah. must be something wrong with me you know and that's we see that. Constantly, right? We see it on, you know, a show like How I Met Your Mother that lasted for how how many seasons? God, it was like seven seven? seasons. Yeah, and where the whole point of the show, show. (laughs) the whole point of that show is that you're not complete until you're in a relationship until you find the one. Right? You're in that relationship.
0: Yeah, that concept of the one is thrown all over media. I mean. We on at work often we have like Frank Sinatra on, and that song, Mm. You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You, comes on all the time. And I'm like, you know, that's not a really good message to be sending to people. It's really, really not. Yeah. Um, Or like one is the loneliest number.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's, (laughs) it's one of these, these things that, it, it gets taken so for granted because that message is so universal mm-hmm. in our, you know, in our songs and in our TV shows and our movies and everything that we kind of don't even think about the message that we're sending, right? That we're sending, you know, one that you're nobody unless somebody loves you. It's the idea mm-hmm. that the only thing that that gives value to a person is being in a romantic relationship. Yeah, um, and then the other side of that too is uh, I feel like it's sort of pushing people into this thing where being in a relationship is like a goal in and of itself rather than that relationship, like rather than evaluating whether a relationship actually brings value to your life, whether it's healthy for you, whether it improves your life. Instead, it's just, well, I need to be in one period. So I'll take this kind of shitty or this just okay one over being single because obviously that's worse and it's that it's that obviously that's worse part that i think is a problem
0: yeah absolutely and you're shunned at a lot of different things like social events for example people saying like where's your plus one or what is your plus one who is it going to be or like do you have a date to this thing right and that's yeah yeah sometimes unfortunately you're not going to have one and that's okay it should be okay
1: yeah, I mean, if we can even be a little more technical here um, with things like um, sharing your insurance with somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: yeah. That Taxes. you know, sometimes that can only be if sometimes that can only be if you're married. In other places, it can only be if it's like a cohabiting romantic partner, uh, right? And then some, it's a little more liberal, and it's like you you know, maybe you still have to be living together or there's sort of different rules there, but there is a lot of stuff kind of built in to favor traditional looking coupledom. Even if some of the laws and Mm -hmm. rules are changing to make that not be so exclusive to just marriage, there's still, it's still kind of set up to, to favor that. Um, Also just to speak about some stits and stats for a moment, uh, when you will look at statistics from Mm -hmm. the U.S. Census about being single, uh, it's important to note that being single means you're over the age of 18 and you're not married. So, obviously, I think a lot of people who would not consider themselves single would be single, meaning that they're not married uh, from the U.S. Census, even if they might be living with a partner. So, that's just something worth noting that uh, a lot of these statistics haven't quite caught up to the way modern relationships actually work. Um, And, uh, you know, because
0: I live with a partner, but I still am considered single. I still check that box on everything. Yeah,
1: on your census or on your legal documents, you're still counted as single. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, there's people who might have a partner, but choose not to live with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, for example, I've had a very long-term relationship with Dedeker now. Uh But she and I of the over four years that we've been together, have lived together for maybe like eight or nine months out of that yeah. four years, right yeah. <laughs> So definitely a vast Long minority enough, yeah. of that time. Um, and then, of course, there are people who choose to to be single, to not have that type of of um you know cohabiting long-term romantic relationship. And we're going to get a little more into that later. So, for those of you going, what do you mean romance? What do you mean, you know, what What does that mean exactly? What is romance? We're going to talk about that a little more later and about how um, looking at things as a relationship anarchist, for those mm-hmm. who like to think that way, like I do, uh, that really changes this whole thing, this whole question of like, what, is even, what does single even mean? right? But but either way, if people choose to be single, at least uh, in the traditional sense of it, uh, what about those people as well?
0: Yeah. And that kind of brings me to the reason why I wanted to do this podcast. Um, My mother has been single for probably the last 20 years of her life, at least. Um, And I know she had me very much out of wedlock, And I just decided to have a kid and has never been married or really, she's been in relationships, but she was in a long string of bad relationships when I was young. And then finally decided, well, through talking to me, like, Hey, I don't need to try to find a father for you. Let's just stop this. Um, And then has been single happily ever since. And I thought, you know, at times my biases come in and I think, geez is she really happy like how can you be happy without another person but it really seems and from everything that i've spoken to her about she's like i live a very full life i live a very happy life and i don't need another person validating me to make my life mean something and that i think is really amazing and cool and made me want to speak about this because yeah. I certainly have been with people for a very long time and feel very comfortable in romantic relationships, and to be single for twenty years, I'm like, eek! That sounds like how you know I would want to scratch an itch at least after that amount of time. But
1: yeah, and it's I, I think. The other thing that's worth pointing out here is that um, when we say being single, it doesn't mean never going on dates. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean never having any sexual partners or anything. In fact, you know, quite the opposite. You know, maybe for you it is that. Maybe you just don't have interest in uh, dating or having sex. And that's an awesome, valid way to do things too. But this could also just mean you're not partaking in the kind of uh, relationships that look like those more serious long-term committed ones that often involve living together or committing a significant portion of your time to someone or either an implicit or explicitly stated guarantee of staying together mm. f- for a longer term or something like that, right? It's once you, once you take away just the traditional model of a romantic relationship, meaning it's one that's heading toward marriage. If you take that out, it becomes a little bit more challenging to define, like, what does a serious relationship mean versus a casual relationship? Totally. Um, But I think also, um, it, it can also change, you know, what it is we choose to do based on what it is we actually want in our lives. And that that could change over time, obviously, um, but that it it's like, I think things are very different now, that if you might not want a certain type of life, or at least right now, you don't want a certain type of life that's focused primarily on a relationship, maybe because you have other things you want to focus on, or you're just not interested in that, you can do that. And it's not like, uh, well, you know, you're an old maid after 25 yeah. And now no one's going to marry you again, so you yeah. you're stuck, right? Like we have people. Yeah, the stigma isn't there as much yeah, anymore, we, which is yeah, great. That we have people having first or second marriages much much later in life now, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to me, like thank goodness. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I I think that that's yeah it, for a variety of reasons that can be a lot better, and we'll talk about that um, in a little bit, mm-hmm. but. There were various articles that we looked up regarding um, all of these topics today, and one of them is from Mike.com and also Psychology Today, um, which says that people who are single get more time to focus on their career and also have a potential wage boost um, because if they marry late, then you can get hopefully a potential wage boost in working on and worrying about your career earlier in life. Right. Um, And these next three statistics are just on uh, more married couples. right.
1: I mean, the next one is just that um, even if you're not married, uh, so again, single in the terms of the census, Mm -hmm. uh, you can still have children. Um, This, this stat says that about 41% of all births in the U S now take place outside of marriage. I was really surprised. Um, I was, I was really surprised how high that number (laughs) is though
0: me too that's amazingly high especially since i think we Um, still have
1: sort of a social stigma against it Uh, against you know having children before you're married i still feel like there's a certain social stigma but look how common it is
0: yeah so many people are like oh well are they married they're having a kid are they married Mm -hmm. but you don't have to be there's no reason to be you can get a sperm donor and go to town um And okay, so apparently waiting on marriage makes you less likely to get divorced, which makes perfect sense to me because back in the day, a lot of people would get married before even living together. They would like live together for the very first time when they were married, which sounds to me like kind of a recipe for disaster. Those of you who did that. I mean, good luck. I hope it went great, (laughs) but yeah, to me, I would definitely want to wait and spend more time learning about a person before I committed to them in that way.
1: Yeah. I'm this one, as we are just reading it now, I realize I kind of want to go back and see what their source was for it. Cause I'm curious if they mean Mm -hmm. waiting till later in your life, just till you're a little older, or if they mean waiting longer in a relationship before getting married. Uh,
0: I'm assuming both I mean, probably lead to less divorce. I would divorce. think so too
1: cuz when I when I think yeah. about myself when I got engaged at 23 and think of god. myself now at 35 just being like god I had no idea kind of what what I valued yet or or you know what yeah. I really thought about life yet or what my priorities were even at 23 which when you're 23 you think is very old. Um, and very mature. <laughs> so you think
0: you know everything. Yeah,
1: totally. I did. I thought I had it all figured out. Um, and I remember you saying that often yeah. and
0: how big of a deal it was that when you realized, wait a minute, I don't have it all figured out.
1: I don't have anything figured out.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a single thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. I think also I, I have heard that, um, you know, that statistic about, um, you know, 50% of marriages ending in divorce. I have mm-hmm. read recently that that number has been going down actually but one of the one of the arguments for why mm-hmm. that might be going down is the fact that people are doing more marriage like things before getting married such as mm-hmm. living together or even having kids so that when those breakups do happen it's not an actual divorce it's just a breakup yeah um w- which you know, for for good or bad, like whether you think breakups are inherently bad or not, I personally don't. Um, but it is interesting to see that at least people are avoiding some of the legal complications and maybe some of the social stigma that comes with getting divorced. Although, how much stigma can yeah. there be on something that 50% of marriages do? But whatever.
0: Right. <laughs> I know, but it still. I think a lot of people think of divorce mm. as a failure. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people also think yeah. of breakups as a failure. So there's that.
0: Totally. You didn't try hard enough, or you didn't work hard enough, which right. is ridiculous.
1: Or, or just sometimes it's you for the chose poorly, and that that somehow that you <laughs> chose poorly. It's on you. Uh, yeah. We also saw here that um, people who are single are less likely, or are are more likely to have less debt than people who are married. Uh, I thought that one was interesting, too. I don't know how much of that's related to people being more likely to buy a house once they're married or to have kids Mm -hmm. once they're married, which is also expensive. I'm not sure, you know, what what Mm -hmm. the cause of that one is, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, But there's also some things that aren't specific about marriage, but just about, um, you know, being in serious committed relationships or not.
0: Yeah, which, for example, um, if you are single, you can enjoy the benefits of exploring more casual partners. Um, And then you can kind of just pick the type of relationship that you want, which is great. And just figuring yourself out, right? Yeah, it can be friends with benefits or, you know, just dating around. It can be more casual, without Mm -hmm. needing to be finding the one and looking
1: out for the father of your kids or something. Sure. And this one's interesting too, because obviously, if you're practicing some kind of ethical consensual non-monogamy, that changes this one, where Mm -hmm. you can get this benefit without having to be single to do it, if being single isn't something that you want. Uh, Yeah. And then um, another one, and this one I don't know a ton about, but I just thought it was fun to show in here. Uh, But that's that uh, scientists have discovered um, an allele on one of our genes that they have found a link between that and being happy being single. So while, you know, while there's nothing definitive about that sort of thing, whether you have or don't have this allele doesn't mean that you definitely will be happy or not happy being single, but maybe gives you more likelihood of that because there's still environmental factors that will uh, determine whether or not that actually gets expressed or not. Um, But Mm -hmm. anyway, just fun stuff that there's, there's also some other research going on about things like that. Um, The other thing I think that's worth keeping in mind with all of this, um, and I actually was just having a conversation with my mom this morning about this, but with any kind of study is that they're all about averages. So say, Scientists do a study with a large group of people and they find that, you know, 65% of people feel a certain way in a certain situation or will do a certain thing in a certain situation. That that's a significant enough number that the headline for that study is going to be, people feel this way in this situation. And when you really think about it, that's only 65% of people. Yeah. Right? That leaves a good 35% of people who are not, who don't feel that way, right? Mm-hmm. And now think about even, even a really significant study. This would be like, wow, you know, 90% of people. That still leaves 10% of people. 10%, that's one in 10. Yeah. If you think about how many friends you have, one out of every 10 of those, that's still a lot of people who are not going to fit that model that was shown mm-hmm so right there's exceptions to all of these they can be things that generally happen but these results aren't going to apply to everyone so if these aren't true for you that doesn't mean something's wrong with you it just means that these studies aren't true for everybody right as another example of this um maybe being single for some people is better during certain parts of their lives than others uh you know as an example um you know someone could have had a good marriage for a long part of their life and either been widowed or you know Mm -hmm. consciously separated and have no regrets about being married but also don't have an interest in being married again or there could be other people who are single their whole life or single most of their life and then decide to couple up or get married much later in life right it can look all these different ways uh, and that it's not something that you know there's just going to be one answer that's always best for everybody for all of their life in every situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like the idea of taking out the stigma of like the old maid or even it, the bachelor or the player, like, right. uh, or, you know, the playboy yeah. guy, um, and that that becomes a thing of the past eventually, that we're not shunning those who do choose to stay single and choose to, you know, maybe date a lot of people. Or be polyamorous, obviously. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that those things become.
1: Yeah, so we have a couple couple things here from some studies that, again, these are just averages, so it's not going to apply to everybody, but uh, But they're kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, apparently people who are single are better at health and fitness than their married counterparts. This is from Psychology Today. And in addition, women who are single have better overall health, and men who are single are less
1: likely to experience heart disease. Now, this one uh, really jumped out at me because Mm -hmm. I think like most people, I had been told the studies before that things like married people are healthier, married people live longer, uh, stuff like that. Like those are statistics that get thrown out a lot. Um, Or even in some of the newer studies, you'll hear things like uh you know, women are healthier when they're single, but men live longer when they're married. Or you'll yeah. hear different things like that. Um, and there's a um, uh, a researcher, Doctor Doctor Bella De Paolo, uh, who works at UCSB, and she has devoted much of her professional life specifically to studying single people and being mm-hmm. single, and has a whole list of. Articles that she's written on her site, uh, you know, for various publications, but that basically are debunking those myths, is looking back at those studies and saying, actually, you know, based on the way this study is set up, these findings don't have that conclusion or, you know, I wouldn't draw that conclusion from them.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then actually showing how some others like these ones are showing that single people actually could have better health. Um, now, When we take into account things like ethical non-monogamy, I think that confuses this issue Mm -hmm. because these studies, again, are looking at monogamous people and I don't know in this case what they're, I think this is just being married versus unmarried. So, there's also a ton of other factors that could go into this, but I did think it was worth pointing out that I think one of those really common arguments used for marriage and for traditional relationships that even people who are sort of hyperlogical and not just being romantic about it will pull out these things of like oh well you live longer or it's better for your health or you're happier and it's like well no actually there's a lot of studies showing that that's not true yeah um, that it's either the same or you know just uh, you know a, a tiny bit different maybe even better for single people
0: totally and then uh, one more study Showed that um, people who are single have a better understanding and sense of self. Yeah. So yeah, it just it, being single can allow a person to work on themselves as individuals instead of like having to focus on the whole, on the couple, or on you know mm. what are we doing together as a unit. Um, which it, it, the thing is, polyamory also, for me at least, has allowed me to um, think about myself as an un- autonomous human as opposed to, like, a unit, which is really nice. Um, I think it also
1: forces us to work on our personal growth a little more, too.
0: (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. But (laughs) yes, that's been my experience, yeah. Exactly. Sometimes in a relationship I've felt stunted in the past, and again, that's not saying that every single person would, but Mm -hmm. um, being single, also just choosing to do that allows you to focus on yourself for a while, and that can be a really amazing and good thing.
1: Yeah. So... The, I guess the one thing as, um, you know, we're going to move into some other discussion about these things about why you might want to be single or different degrees of being single. Um, but before we get into that, I did want to take a moment um, just to mention that with all of this, it's not about a contest. It's mm-hmm. not about like which is better or trying to make some argument for one or the other being better. Our goal here is more to just like with polyamory, that we try to say, you know, polyamory is not better. It's not going to fix all your problems. It might be better for me. I might prefer it. Uh, But that doesn't mean it's just objectively better. And I think that's where people get caught up in their arguments where no one can see eye to eye because it's like, no, marriage is better because of blah, or, you know, monogamy is better because of blah, or no, polyamory is better because of this other thing. It's like, well, no, no, no. Our whole thing here is we just want people to realize that there are choices. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of the stigma or um, sort of negative associations that people will have about non-monogamy are not true, and that these can be really successful and healthy relationships. And the same thing with being single, is that we have a lot of stigma about it. And I, I know a lot of poly people who, if they are single, feel like they can't even identify as polyamorous Yeah, that they're like, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, I want to be polyamorous. Or I believe in these things, but I'm not dating anyone. So I can't be, uh, as opposed to, you know, realizing that polyamory is just a way that you approach relationships when you have them. Yeah. You know, it's like saying if, if someone's not in a relationship, that they're not a monogamous person. I I feel like mm-hmm. because that's the people wouldn't say that. Yeah, probably. because that's the default. We it's not quite an identity. It's not something you feel like you could like lose your monogamy card. In the way that I feel like people could lose their polyamory card. I like that. <laughs> or at least that's how I <laughs> hear people talk card. about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, totally. So
1: anyway, just I just want to get that out of the way that none of this is about one thing being better than the other. It's just about looking at some other options and maybe some of these will resonate for you and be right for you.
0: Absolutely. That's what we're all about on this show. Oh, yeah. You have multiple options and you can do whatever the hell you want. Go to town. <laughs>
1: As long as it's ethical, please. Yeah,
0: ethical things. Yes. No cheating.
1: Yeah. (laughs) For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also
0: That's Multi,
1: M-U-L-T-I, at AdamandEve.com, AdamMail.com, or Eve'sToys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I.
0: There, in looking at all of these things, I think it can be really empowering to find love and joy and things and people other than like a single human or even multiple humans, um, it, that you can have friendships and find joy in your life and in the world without it all being wrapped up in a romantic relationship. And there's a lot of contentment in learning to love yourself without needing the approval of another person. And it's something that I realized jace and i both and i think Dedeker even longer have not been out of a romantic relationship for seven years and when i talked to my partner josh about this he was like wow that's a really long time like i did take three or four years off of being in a romantic relationship just kind of to figure myself out and i do wonder sometimes like did we miss out on that jace i don't know I don't think so necessarily. You can learn a lot from being in a relationship as well, but I think there is something really lovely about choosing to be single consciously. Um, And, you know, it's not like they're not saying yes to everything or anything interesting that comes along by being single, but I think often single people can choose to be pickier about those that they let into their lives and also just be more content with being alone at those points when they are.
1: Well, I I actually, I think that's a good thing to cover here that Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, when we talk about being single, we use that term being alone, like being okay with being alone. Uh, And actually, one of the other uh, statistics that I was reading about that we didn't actually put on our list earlier, but we should have, um, is that uh, studies have also found that single people Um, will tend to put in a lot more effort to maintaining their family ties and their friendships and their other relationships in their lives. And and I know that, you know, culturally we use this term being alone Mm -hmm. or being single even, right? Single has right in it, it's just one. Um, One is the loneliest number (laughs) and it kind of leaves out this whole you know, wealth of relationships that we have in our lives that aren't just our romantic relationships. Yeah, I think that's key. And so actually something I want to talk about is the idea of looking at this from the point of view of relationship anarchy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So the core part of relationship anarchy is this idea that there is no like inherent hierarchy and types of relationships, meaning that romantic relationships specifically are not more important than your friendships or other things, and that you can choose to be committed to certain relationships. And that choice doesn't have to go along with whether or not you're having sex, or whether or not you're, quote, in love, or whether or not it's romantic. What, however you define those things, the point here is that you can choose to be committed in any of those are choose to not be committed or to be committed in certain ways, mm-hmm. things like that. Instead of the old idea that, you know, the plus one you're going to bring with you or the person you're going to go on vacation with is only going to be a romantic partner. Yeah. That somehow that person always is going to get priority over everybody else in your life, whether they're friends or family or any of this. Um, so that's kind of the the core idea behind relationship anarchy And so, when we look at this, how does this change thinking about being single? Like, if we stop thinking about there's this one category of relationship that's special, and that's the romantic Mm -hmm. one, and instead say all of my relationships are equally special, and I'm the one who gets to choose how much effort I put into those or how important they are to me or what's rewarding to me about them, all of a sudden, I feel like it makes single kind of not exist. Yeah. That instead, you could look at it as each individual piece. So, rather than saying I'm single or I'm not, it's not just like an off on switch. Instead, you could look at it and say, okay, well, I'm not in uh, any sexual relationships right now. And so, it could be like, oh, okay. So, like that thing that I want to have in my life, I don't have that right now. That that you know, then you can address mm-hmm. that and say, okay, is there a way for me to to get this need met or to get this thing that I want? Or you could look at it and say, oh, you know, I don't have anyone that, uh, you know, I'm living with and like decorating a house with or something that you can look at just that piece instead of saying, well, the only way I can get that piece is if it's also someone that I love, that I'm having sex with, that I you know, want to have all these other things. It could be, okay, if that's something that's important to me, maybe I can find that in another way.
0: Yeah. So, the only truly single person in that is someone who, like, has no relationships whatsoever. Right, yeah. Which generally is going to be an (laughs) impossibility.
1: Right. uh, Yeah, unless you're going to go out and live in a yurt somewhere by yourself. Yeah, or you're, like,
0: super off the map. Uh, I'm watching The Punisher right now. Like, maybe he would be (laughs) totally single, but...
1: Right, I suppose it could That's be, yeah, it. yeah, um, right. But I think it really changes the way that we can look at being single. Um, maybe even just stop using that word altogether.
0: Yeah, because um, it has maybe this negative connotation
1: still. Well, and I think that that it in itself just inherently devalues all our other relationships that don't Good qualify point. for whatever would be a boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, partner, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's interesting, and, and I think you know again to go back to the U.S. Census using just not being married as the definition of single. Uh, I think that's really telling too that that yeah. even even in polyamory, we still have inherited a lot of the language or a lot of the concepts from a world where you're either married or you're single and those are the only two states that you can be in Mm -hmm. and we've still brought a lot of this with us and i think that's why it's really worth looking at our language looking at the types of things that we say um because i I do feel feel like they have a lot of weight in them especially because they carry these these meanings with them
0: yeah this idea that like a partner who made mean just as much to you but you're not married to could somehow be less or mean less than the Mm -hmm. one in which you know you choose to cohabit with or or be married to for whatever reason yeah and that's that's tough i don't that's definitely not something that we want to continue to perpetuate i
1: think yeah i mean also to use um, kind of a more extreme relationship anarchy example would be say you have you know really good uh, platonic relationship that mm-hmm. you want to live together and you commit to each other and say we want to live with each other forever because this is just so good whether or not we have romantic relationships rather than the default of saying As soon as I'm in a romantic relationship, peace out, roommate, sorry, you're less important than this person I just met a year ago, Mm -hmm. even though I've known you for all of my life or right, whatever it is, that there's a big world of difference between those things and we're taught to not think of it that way. Absolutely. But in relationship anarchy, maybe you could co-parent with a friend of yours Mm -hmm. And that relationship, you are going to prioritize that that one's always going to come first because this is my co-parent, you know, this is what I'm doing with that. And then all of my romantic relationships or sexual relationships or whatever those might look like are, you know, inherently going to be less prioritized than this one because I've made a commitment to that because I've made that decision and not just because it is by default, Yeah. right? So, in, I, in that case, I think being single would feel very different. Because it's, well, you know, maybe I don't have any romantic partners right now, but I'm very committed to this relationship with my friend mm-hmm. where we're living together and raising a kid. I don't feel like that person would would experience that as being single. Yeah, that's a good right? point. It, not, in, not in the same way that someone who felt like they could only get those things through a romantic relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah that's a really yeah. good idea to think about. So, should we move on to some reasons why one may choose to be single, or more single than you would be otherwise, <laughs> or just maybe not in a romantic or sexual relationship?
1: Well, yeah, actually, like let's let's clarify something before that, uh, and I think this will also make this episode more useful to more yeah. people. Uh, and that's just the idea of levels of singleness, varying degrees
0: um, of singleness. <laughs>
1: Again, like the whole term is confusing because in monogamy, there's just like you are married or Mm -hmm. you're single or you're in a committed relationship or you're single. (laughs) Like those are the only two choices. Whereas, you know, in polyamory, you might go from three relationships to only having one Uh, or maybe that one relationship you have now is long distance Mm -hmm. That, that your life might not look so clearly like this is my single life and this is my, you know living with a partner I'm going to marry type of life, that there's a whole range in between there. So, you could feel like, like for me, for example, um, I had a number of relationships that, you know, ended one way or another or, you know, kind of ended up being more casual. And so, for quite a while lately, my only, you know, romantic sexual relationship was with Mm -hmm. Dedeker, and that, as a poly person can kind of carry with it some of those connotations of being single, of like, oh, God, I'm not really being poly or, oh, something must be missing from my life because I don't have these other serious relationships like I'm used Mm -hmm. to having. Um, But I found that for me, that thought will come up and then as I like really get into thinking more about it, I realize, you know, I'm actually pretty happy with this for right now. It doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever. And it doesn't mean I'm closed off to other relationships. I'm not like fending them off. But I'm also realizing, you know, I've been really happy lately getting to focus more of my time on Multi Amory or on some of our other podcast projects, you know, like there have been other things or learning Japanese that I've spent a lot more of my effort and time and like emotional energy on uh than you know pursuing and putting that work into forming new romantic relationships yeah. um, so anyway, so now let's get into this idea of why you might choose to stay single or in polyamory stay more <laughs> single. Uh than you would be otherwise. Yeah.
0: So, well, after a painful breakup, it can definitely offer you a chance mm. to decompress, to kind of get back into the swing of life without another human. Or even, yeah, like we said before, if you just break up with a partner but still have other partners, it still can offer you a chance to kind of get um out of the mind space of any potential negativity or anything that happened during that relationship. And sort of get back into the swing of your own life.
1: Yeah, I think that can also especially apply if the breakup was in, you know, a very serious Mm long-term relationship or maybe someone you were living with or someone that you thought of as a primary relationship, that there can be this temptation to sort of try to make all your other partners fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. where that was rather than, you know, this might be good to keep seeing them just as much as you did before and allow that space of like the singleness of that relationship for that decompression. Yeah, Uh, that's a great point. And I think that going along with that, being single also allows you time to focus on your personal growth, whether that is, you know, your spiritual growth or your intellectual growth, like going back to school or something like that, or if this is your professional growth of saying, you know what, right now, like, this is what interests me more than pursuing romantic relationships is working on my career or developing, you know, the next Facebook or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> the next Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in, in the same way, it allows you to focus on your dreams, your passions, um, that hobby that you always wanted to get off the ground but couldn't ever find time to do. Now, if you have some more time in your life, you could definitely devote it to, yeah, bettering yourself in a way.
1: Yeah, I think it also gives you more time to evaluate the types of people that you want in your life. I think Mm -hmm. especially if you use this time to really focus on appreciating your friendships for what they are and really developing those friendships, that that's a a really powerful thing um, to... To kind of see, you know, what are these qualities and what are the things that make my friendship relationships or like my good family relationships really, really good. So, then when I am in another romantic relationship, I have more of an idea of what is it that makes these other much more stable, dependable relationships valuable rather than just focusing on, especially if you've just had like a series of intense, but short or unstable romantic relationships, gives you a chance to kind of get a different perspective and focus more on these other relationships that may be more stable for you, whatever those are.
0: Yeah. And I know, again, like I've said before, a lot of relationships that I've had, I've felt put into a box, not necessarily by them, but just by my own ideas of what I think they want me to be. So, if you're single, you can break free of that box and (laughs) (laughs) you're not, yeah, yeah, you're not just kind of uh, limiting yourself in a way that you may have been when you were in that relationship or diminishing the things that didn't really fit into that relationship. Instead, you can go back to being
1: all of who you are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And then also just the freedom to live your own life, make your own decisions. I think, especially if, Uh, you're someone who likes to travel Mm -hmm. or likes to just make spontaneous plans or, you know, when your friends ask you, hey, do you want to go to the Grand Canyon this weekend? You can just be like, yeah, why not? Instead of saying, oh, well, uh, let me check with
0: X, Y, and Z. So, and so,
1: and so, so, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I think that um, even in relationships, if you operate in more of like a single poly kind of way or even if you're even if you're monogamous but live more of that kind of single autonomous life so rather than i'm in a relationship so everything i do has to be with them kind of realizing that we each have our separate lives and the time we spend together we get to choose so again like there's levels of singleness i think that one's really valuable of just that freedom to be like you know you might be out at dinner and then people are like hey we're going out afterward you can just say yeah sure totally don't have to to ask anyone yeah. <laughs> or try to coordinate that with other people's schedules, and I don't mean that someone's like restricting you, like your partners are holding you back, but still, it's you know polite and conscientious to to ask or to with check them. in, yeah, yeah, especially if you have plans together with them and you need to coordinate. Mm-hmm. But it is nice to to have that freedom to just say, you know what, I found an opportunity to. Uh, you know, do one of those work around the world programs yeah. where I'm going to be gone for a year and working in a bunch of different countries or things like that.
0: Yeah. That um, would be challenging if you were cohabiting with someone and then all of a sudden, bye-bye, I'm going to be gone for a year for a lot yeah. of different
1: reasons. Not that you can't do it, sure. but it's definitely more challenging. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, and there are many other reasons to stay single just besides these. And there are a lot of reasons to be in multiple relationships, in a relationship, have great relationships with your friends and family. But again, mm-hmm. we just wanted to kind of touch today on all of the reasons why one being single is totally valid and totally great. And you guys get to make the choice. So do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in our write up for this episode, we'll also have uh, links to some of the articles, which then link to other things and other researchers. So if you really want to delve more into this, uh, into some of the research about it that we talked about, you can find those in our show notes, which you can find at multiamory.com.
0: Yeah. Oh, and one thing that is not in our last section is that we mm. have merch now. So go to multiamory.com store. And then you'll yep. find all of our merchandise. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's another good Christmas present for people. Yes. Or a holiday present or whatever, you know, Festivus present. Yes.
0: Hanukkah um, or Kwanzaa, yeah. anything.
1: Yes. Yeah. Go get a fun multi-emory phone case.
0: Or a hoodie or pants. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I've, I've already heard stories from people uh, who've worn them to the gym or to a class or something and had other people go, oh, is that... Is that multi-amory? Oh my god, really? Yes. Yes,
0: we're taking over the world.
1: I know, right? Thank you all Um, for listening. But it's a really cool way to maybe find some other people who listen to multi-amory that you might not have met otherwise if they see that and go, oh, hey.
0: Yeah, if you're like, where are all the poly people? Just wear your multi-amory merch. And you'll find exactly. them. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. All right. So if you'd like to have your question or comment played on the show, you can call 678-MULTI05 and leave us a voicemail. Or you can send us an audio message at the Multiamory Facebook page. You can also email us at info or send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. To support our show and join our private Facebook community, go to patreon.com slash Multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Dedeker Winston, Jace Lindgren, and me, Emily Matlack. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. The theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on the episodes page at multiamory.com